Hey, Wizards fans, hopefully you're enjoying the All-Star Weekend. Chris Miller here with the Off the Bench Podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. On this edition, we'll talk to Kyle Kuzma and head coach Wes Unsell Jr. about the recent moves made by the team and ultimately what is it going to take for them to make the playoffs. Kyle Kuzma, his first year for the Wizards has been absolutely spectacular. We'll talk about some of his game-winning shots and the mindset of those clutch moments. We'll also talk to Coach Unsell about the new additions of Kristaps Porzingis and Ish Smith and how they can help the team moving forward. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy this all-star weekend edition of the Off the Bench Podcast. Wizards fans, we're partnering with Clear to make your game day a great day. With the free Clear app, not only can you use HealthPass to easily show proof of vaccination, but you can also use the app to enter the arena faster through the Clear lanes. Get started today by downloading the free Clear app, tapping the black Sports and Events button on the home screen, and selecting Washington Wizards. Then head to the Clear lanes located at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm that you are you and walk right in. No crowds, no hassle. Download the free Clear app today to get started. We are recording this podcast a day after my guy Kyle Kuzma drops his first career trip dub. So, what was that like? Exciting. Yeah. No, it was fun. I've been dying for a triple-double, honestly. Um, you know, my whole kind of career. You know, I've been close a couple times. I mean, not really close, but to me, like, if I got, like, six assists, that's close enough. You know what I'm saying? So. No, you uh, were close early in the year. And yeah, a couple. tricked off that pass. He tricked it off. He but. tricked it off. I gave him another attempt, <laughs> and he missed it. It rimmed out, but. My boy TB you know, looked go. out for me. So, so what happens with that with the triple double? If you are at like one dime away and you know you got to get a teammate, that do they buy dinner? Is there a code in the league? What happens? No, there's no code. I, honestly, I don't think people really know when you have it. I mean, I do personally because like I can I can tell you my stats while I'm playing in the game. Like, oh, really? Rebound, yeah, I'm just like I don't know. That's how I'm wired, but. Um, one of the assistant coaches was like, yo, he's got one more assist. Don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, we got the job done. That's cool, man. Um, before that, obviously, the trade deadline, everyone is kind of like on pins and needles. Yeah. Can you describe kind of just what the last couple of weeks have been like? You've been very on the record talking about, you know, there, there was some drama here. There was yeah. some issues. Guys had some things that they were going through. But when a deadline passes, what's that? initial first game afterwards like um you know a lot of times it's a lot of like you know a sign of relief um you know it feels like there's more air in the room you know it feels like it's more livelihood because you know guys have job security right. you know people sometimes forget like this is our job this is how we make our livelihood and you know just imagine you and your performance you know and at NBC Washington and they were talking about trading you you would be kind of like oh I don't want to go to NBC. I'd be cussing people out, so you I know what you guys to are going NBC through. Milwaukee, you know <laughs> right, what I'm just saying. Right. So, um, you know, it's the human aspect in it that, you know, really gets guys. And, um, you know, after the fact, when you know you have that job security, you don't have to move halfway through the year. You know, you feel better. And, um, you know, for us, we had a lot of drama, obviously. You know, our record reflects that and how we started and how it kind of tailed off. But um, now we've got a great group of guys in our locker room, you know, guys that, you know, are going to buy in and you know want to play together and um 
you know, I want to just make something happen. You know, we've got 29 games left, and it's all about just having fun. Because if you're having fun, you know, wins are going to come. Right. Um, KCP, after the Brooklyn game, the day after, you know, after the trade deadline, said, quote, unquote, you guys played with joy. Yeah. There was some joy out there. Mm -hmm. um, did you feel that while the game was going on in real time? Yeah. I mean, you've seen it all over the place. Um, you know, TB scores. He dies for a loose ball. You got four guys running to go pick him up. Mm -hmm. Everybody's dapping up, clapping. AG gets to and one. Whole bench is going crazy. Like, that's that's joy. That's fun. You know, that's that's what you want to come to work to every day. And, um, you know, now we got that. So, uh, You said after the game, and Gil is just an unreal teammate. Phenomenal person. I, I've never seen. Well, there's another person that I've seen do this before. It was Jason Smith back in the day where he would be the last guy on the bench, but he'd be the first one to run out during a timeout to encourage his teammates, high-five, mm -hmm. if things were going good, if it weren't bad, he was still there. And AG has the same kind of vibe. Yes. You can't make that up, can no. you? No, no. He, he's, he's one of my best favorite teammates I've had in such a short amount of time. And... You know, just the way he carries himself. He's super, super professional. Um, I think he's only like 27. You know, you would think he's like 35. Right. Just OG, the way he, right? He's an OG, but um, he's a real righteous brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just real down to earth, you know, optimistic, lifting people up. You know, he, he's great. He's great. Um, you said something about the trade deadline and how people can kind of be unnerving during that time. You were in L.A. Yeah. Can you describe what it was like then, and why were you so chill this time around? Were you more chill with the deadline than you were probably in L.A.? You know, um, my first three years in NBA were real tough on me through, through the deadline, you know, especially playing in that big market. My, my fourth year, you know, I, I kind of got over that stuff. But, you know, my, third, my first three years, it was really hard. You know, you got the whole world wanting to trade you you know what i mean you got the whole world talking about you analyzing you you know it's um you know i remember my second year we were in indiana right before the break we got blew out by like 45 or something you know we're at the free throw line and it's like they're going to trade you and you're trying to play a basketball game but like you have all this stuff um you know on the exterior going on so you know it's it's, it's it's a challenging time for your mental health and your um, you know you're just your your mind your mind state but um, at some point you know I kind of got over it and it was just like you know all that stuff doesn't matter you know it's, it matters you know what's inside you know your team mm -hmm. um, your team outside the court that you deal with every single day whether it's your wife your kids your managers whatever and um, you know you just keep it pushing because it's a business so. Who did you lean on, like, in those early years? I know we'll get to talking about your mom in a moment, though, mm -hmm. but there had to be, like, some people in your circle where you could be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. No, I got a great circle. Um, you know, my manager, um, my mother, um, you know, my assistant, you know, uh, financial people, you know, everybody's family to me. So, you know, for us, done a great job of just, like, you know, keeping things in-house and, being vulnerable, you know, and for me, I don't, I don't, I don't have yes people around me, you know, people that just, you know, tell me what I want to hear, or, you know, if I say something, it goes, like, you know, I got real people in my circle that, you know, we, we deal with real life issues, and, um, you know, that's important, and especially in people in my position and platform, and, you know, it's easy to 
tell a millionaire or a good basketball player, oh, yeah, let's do whatever. But um, that's not good for you. You yeah. know, you got you to stay even. So. I've, I've told you several times, man, um, I think you're, you are spreading your wings in an opportunity that is a golden opportunity mm -hmm. for you. I want to go to a specific moment in which you were really able to showcase that. Mm -hmm. At Detroit, overtime, need a win, corner coups, clutch coups, closes the show. But you said two things in that press conference that had stood out to me to then. Mm -hmm. One, playing in front of your mom. I want to start there about mm -hmm. just being able to do that in front of her. What was that like? Oh, I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, she's my number one fan. Um, you know, if you ever see her on Twitter, she's a she's nuts. Like, you know, um, she's just a great person. You know, she's she's always helped me throughout the years. Always been my number one supporter. Uh, when no one really believed me, or when no one believed I could get to this level, and um, you know obviously going home to Detroit and playing in front of my home state. But, you know, it's just cool because growing up, I was a Pistons fan. All we used to do was watch Pistons games. You know, I remember, you know, being in her bed, watching um, the game, Tayshaun Prince runs down Reggie, you know, gets mm -hmm. a block. Like, you know, we loved the Pistons back then. So for me to play on that court and her in the stands, it's like a full circle moment. And, um, you know, it was real special for my family, so. Unfortunately, during that time, there was also a school shooting outside of the mm -hmm. Detroit area, mm -hmm. and in the pregame, you wore a, short of, a shirt of support, but afterwards, you really opened up and just talked about gun violence in a way where you could forget Kyle Kuzma, the athlete. This was Kyle Kuzma, the human, human talking about that situation. Mm -hmm. Why did you feel like that that was kind of important in that platform to speak your mind? Um, you know, I just feel like, you know, a lot of people want to hear what I want to say um, at the end of the day. You know, I have a platform um, and I, I feel like, you know, it's my duty to do things like that, you know, when they make sense, when I'm knowledgeable on them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't believe in just talking on random things I don't know about. So, um, you know, it's, it was a serious topic at the time. Obviously, um, my home state, you know, children losing their lives, um, parents losing their kids, you know, dropping them off at school or making them breakfast and never seeing them again. like you can just imagine how that feels so um you know i just thought it was really important at the time so back to your mom you did something extremely special buying mm -hmm. her a home and mm -hmm. i can only imagine what her reaction was like but give me the backstory oh, yeah. on how you did it and kind of just the intel and, and 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 presenting her the keys yeah you know um over my first couple years in nba you know i was a late round draft pick so didn't really have that much money. I had a lot of money, but you know, when you look at it in taxes and you under, really understand money, it's like, uh, you ain't really got it like that. So, um, you know, rented a couple years for her condos, nice condos, got her out of the places that we used to live in and, um, you know, finally got my contract and now, now's the time to, you know, just, you know, have her be cool now, you know what I mean? So, you know, bought a huge spot, you know, five acres of land in Michigan, that's a lot. Um, you know, out in the country, it's perfect. Got a pole barn, um, building my grandmother a house on the acres too. So, you know, that's gonna take some time, but um, you know, it's just real special for my family, a place that, you know, when I get, go, go back home, I can stay, there's a pool, you know, dogs can run around, uh, mom's happy, you know, that's what it's about, so. You know, we always think about the sacrifices that mom make, especially single parent moms. I can relate to that. Yeah. And 
Did you hand her the keys? How was? The, how did you surprise her with all this? Well, she kind of already knew it. It wasn't necessarily the surprise, okay. you know. Um, you know, we were kind of in the process of trying to figure out, okay, you know, where do you want to live? You know, I got the capital to do it now, so let's figure it out. And, um, you know, picked a couple houses. I let her go see the houses, see if she wanted to like it or not. And um, she was real picky. Mm -hmm. uh, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> I'm just crazy. It's like, oh, you're, yeah. But, um, you know, she wanted a pool and she wanted space. And that's what we got, so. That's cool, man. Uh, she was an athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was um, a hell of a track and field um, star. She did shot put and discus. Okay. Um, she's like top 10 in the country um, in her position, you know, before she had me. So, you know, I, I cut her athletic uh, <laughs> dreams short, but I mean, it paid off, so. Is she a, is she a hooper? Did she ever hoop? She hooped too, yeah, she okay. hooped too. She was a center, yeah, uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, so is, are you taking is she taking credit for your athleticism? I mean, she she actually knows a lot about the game, really. Like, really? she honestly does. Um, like it, you said, I have, like, peeped her out on kind of social media. Yeah, she, she, she really knows. No, she ain't not afraid. <laughs> yeah, she's not afraid. That's where I get it from. Yeah. But, you know, she knows a lot about the game. She's always criticizing me. Um, biggest supporter. She texts me after, after, before every game, watches every game. Um, you know, sometimes she, she don't get really give me tips too much no more. No, because I'm like, yo, mom, I got it, please. Yeah. But, um, no, she knows. She knows my game, and she knows, you know, when I'm playing with joy and playing happy. So, Tell me about joy and happiness on the court. What does it look like? What does it feel like when Kyle Kuzma's in that, in that space? I'm just in my own world. Um, you know, I'm encouraging people. You know, I'm laughing. I'm smiling. I'm talking to the other team. I'm talking to fans. I'm just, I'm just in my own world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I... I'm just trying to bring that enthusiasm and you know that's the most important thing to winning you know what I mean because you know it's tough you know you can win games and you know hate each other you know you know we've done that you know a couple times <laughs> right. but at the same time you know it just doesn't hit the same you know the sleep is better you know when everybody's joyful you're coming into work and it's happy it's fun and you're trying to build that culture and aura you know it's important so we talked about the shot in Detroit I thought some of your best joy was that Let's go home in Cleveland too. Yep. But you also hit one against Chicago where we thought it was over, and then that damn Demar Derozan. I got a few home. this year. <laughs> so you've you've hit, you've had moments here yeah. where it's it's closeout time. Yeah. How do you do that? How how do you get your mind into that? Because not everybody wants that opportunity. Will take that opportunity and live with the results. You know, I wish I had that mentality all four quarters you know I always hit a shot like that but when you look at my my uh score sheet and it's like I'm two for seven I'm like bro just do this <laughs> the whole game you'd be seven seven for seven but um I think just growing up in as, as a kid um in my driveway I think that is the typical backyard three typical two, backyard one. three two one yeah. you know just doing that over and over and over since I was seven years old mm -hmm. and then like you know I feel like that those moments, you know, started that, you know what I mean? And, you know, practicing it and obviously loving Kobe and, and loving clutch performers and loving the sound of the crowd roar or um, when air leaves the arena at home like Cleveland, you know, that, those are like which, what I live for. Like it's it's fun. It's super fun. You doing the, you were doing the wave too, like everybody have a good night, drive home safe. Drive home safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Get home safe. It's snowy that day. You know what I'm saying? So tell me, like, a dr- have you ever dreamt of a moment like that where you haven't done it yet, but there's that moment where you have visualized it? All the time. What is it? What does it look like for Kyle Kuzma to be like, this is like the perfect moment to end the game? Uh, it's just automatic. It's just like, you know, just you know how the game is going, right? Mm-hmm. Plays come, plays come, somebody drives. And you see it happen before it even happened. Like, you see in your head, okay, Neto, he's driving. And you see your defenders go, but you just see an opening, and it's like, okay, the ball is coming. You see it all. You see it all. And then it's like, oh, time to go. And it just goes in. It's like, you know, I've seen that like 100 times already. And then, you know, it happened that one time, but you know, I've been there. Yeah. Do, do you hear – Let's go to Detroit first. So when you hit that shot, do you hear anything? Does, the, does everything kind of focus in? Do you have tunnel vision when you when the, the swing swing happens? You have tunnel vision, but you, you you try to block out everything else. Like you know, let's say the swing swing happens, and you'll hear the crowd because the crowd doesn't know you're they know you're about to shoot. Yeah, and you'll hear the crowd like, <gasps> and then that's the only that's the last thing you kind of hear, and then you just fire, and then it's like. <sighs> And then it's just like, <laughs> bye, <laughs> you know? So the one against Chicago here where we were like, oh, shit, he did it again. What, what did you hear then? Because there was still some time left, though, but that was still another one of those. Same thing. It, it was the same thing. Well, it's different at home games, you know, because it's like, okay, if that comes, then you hear the, but it's like, you know, you'll hear the coos start going. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that's a whole different feeling itself because now it's like, okay, Everybody counting on me. I got to hit this. Right. And it goes in. And the crowd goes crazy. And then you're like, whew, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different realms, home in a way. So. But what's cool about that, though, is you've kind of done it enough here already where it's almost expected now. Games close, close the show, close. Yeah. How do you live with the result if it doesn't happen? Same way as if you hit it? Because are you still Yeah, because cause at the end of the day, it's a make-or-miss league. You know what gotcha. I mean? And you can't dwell over a miss, you know? At the end of the day, I got the shot I wanted. I am my biggest, you know, critic. If I miss a shot, yeah, I'm down on myself at that moment. But after the game, you know, an hour later, it's over. Who cares? You know, at the end of the day, you got 82 more. You know, obviously it's a little different if it's a playoffs. My harp on it more, but right. at the same time, like, let's go lay down, you know, drink some wine, call it a night. You know, there's no way to stress over it. Let me ask you about your two newest teammates, and what do you know about them intel-wise? We'll start with Porzingis first. What do you know? Um, man, you know, just playing with, uh, playing against him over the years. Um, you know, I had the opportunity. I've been in the league long enough when he was in New York, mm-hmm. and then seeing him in Dallas, you know, it's two different players, you know, and that's partly because of how uh, Rick Carlisle used him, and a lot of times, if you looked at his New York, you know, tape, dude was killer, you know. But that's because you're playing through him, you know. You're playing him in the post. You let him get touches. You let him feel evolved. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when he was in Dallas, he wasn't necessarily a part of things. And um, you know, that's no disrespect. You know, obviously Luca and you know, phenomenal player. But um, at the end of the day, every player in the league wants to feel a part of something. And I feel like with him coming here, you know, I know he's got a lot to prove, and I know he wants to feel a part of something. And, you know, as long as he's healthy, I mean, he's 20 and 10 for you all day. So, 
you know, uh, this is positionless basketball. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm old school. I still believe you need a point guard to rock out and get people where they need to go. But everybody else is kind of like interchangeable. Are you, if he plays, are you a four? Are you a three? Are you, what are you? I play whatever, really. You know, I played, I played five this year. I played, um, I've initiated offense. Um, I've been the shooter off screens. I've been the screener. I've been the roller. I've been a pick and roll ball. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, You know, I think that's one thing, you know, I really learned from, you know, Bron is, you know, you got to do it all. You know, you got to pass, shoot. You got to defend. You got to rebound, get guys involved. You got to encourage. You got to do everything. So, you know, for me, I'm just a basketball player. Um, You know, it's really going to be interesting when uh, KP gets here because, you know, when he plays that five, a lot of times teams will put the four men on him. So they do that, and then I got a five on me. I mean, still in the blank. The facial expression says it all. That's a gift. Right <laughs> That's a gift. I want to ask you about Ish Smith. Uh-huh. Um, Ish was here for two years. Uh, we've kind of been accustomed in this town for the last 11 years to have our point mm-hmm. guards push pace, pace, as you know, pace, 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 pace. John, Russ, Ish, these guys. How does a point guard like that kind of change how you get down? I mean, it just enhances me. I, I love playing with pace. You know, uh, you see it all the time. I'm trying to get the rebound every time. I'm trying to go, you know. And, um, you know, if I'm not getting a rebound, somebody else gets it, they're going to give it to Ish. Well, I'm running. And Ish is going to throw it up or he's going to be running with me. Like, it's going to be a track meet. And, um, you know, he's a fine point guard. You know, he's a veteran PG. He's someone that's been in the league for a long time. Um, someone that's, you know, traditional, pass first, gets down in hole, gets to the paint, and, you know, he kicks out. He just wants to play basketball. So anytime you get vets around that know how to play the game and play the right way, you're good. It's all, we've played over 50 games. My last question to you is, Kyle, have you kind of felt the vibe of D.C. yet? Um, slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Um, you know, I've been out doing things, been to dinners, um, been to the White House, uh, been to the monuments, been to museums. So I'm getting a feel for it, um, slowly but surely, because a lot of times I'm a homebody. I like to be in yeah. the house. I got dogs. I like to get my rest. But, um, you know, I, I've always admired D.C. as, like, you know, one of the better cities in America. There's so much to do. It's an international city, great food. Um so many things so you know it's dope so far my man appreciate you yes sir what was last night like after you gone through so many weeks of speculation about who's here who's not when you were able to kind of just coach the group and then get a good result you know it's there's a little bit of freedom in that um i thought it was good for our guys obviously playing well playing together um, but there's like that cloud that, that lingers and everyone's on edge because you know, no one knows, you know, what's going to happen in the next couple of days, couple of hours. So that, there's that angst, I think, that we all feel. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate side of the business that, you know, we all have to kind of deal with and cope with. Um, but at times you, when you don't look at it as, you know, th- these, this, this affects people's lives. Yeah. It goes beyond just, you know, moving pieces, you know, filling out a roster and uh, there's residual impact. Um, and, you know, you, you've spent a lot of time with people. It's, you, you care about their well-being. Uh, so it's important that, you know, you keep that in mind as, as things move, and they move quickly. 
But, uh, you know, it's a couple hours before the game is, is when I finally, finally found out who would be available. And that's just the nature of it. You know, I think every team in that moment, you got to make quick decisions and uh, you move on. You always talk about, you know, be ready because you just never know. But that's like the <laughs> tenth degree of that, of, of, of being ready. So how did you and your staff kind of come up with the idea of like, okay, here's who's available. Here's who we're going to ask to play certain type roles. And then, again, just the benefit of walking off the court going, man, even through all this adversity, mm -hmm. we had a really complete team effort. Well, you know, it, it, sadly it's happened before this season. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's COVID, injuries, all those things have kind of popped up late. And, you know, it's a few minutes before a walkthrough. It's an hour before a shoot-around. It's a couple hours before the game, you know. So it's, un it's not unusual um, in an unusual year. But uh, you know, our guys have stepped up in those moments quite often. So I wasn't surprised to see us respond the way we did and the fact that uh, we played well together, you know, I think is a, is a great sign. It's not just like, as you said, the players. I mean, these people have families. They have to relocate. There's just so many things that kind of go into it, though. Um, how mindful of, a, of that are you as a coach when you guys are going through the struggles that you went through? It's just kind of like understanding like this. We have to perform. Sure. We have to, but I have to be cognizant of how people are feeling right now. Well, that's the you know you, you could argue hey you have a, a job to do, but it, mentally if you're not focused on that task, uh, all that other stuff really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's important to to weigh that balance of where we are. Obviously, the struggles aside, impending you know trade deadline, those things have real effects and, you know, on your emotions, on your, on your focus and mentality. Um, so just kind of pick your spots, is, choose what's important in that moment, and what best serves your group. Tell me what you're getting. Tell me about Porzingis. What do you know about him? Well, you know, the unique thing with him, um, you know, they call him the unicorn for a reason. <laughs> uh, his length and, and, and skill set, his ability to play off the bounce and shoot with range, to post up. Um, you know, the, he's had unbelievable moments, and I think that's well documented. So it's exciting to have a, another guy who can um, upgrade your talent you know, um, anytime you can do that, I think you, you have to uh, go after it. So, you know, he's still a young player. So I think it's great. It, fix, it fits the, the mold of the young group we have, and you know, I think we can see it grow together. But uh, it's exciting to have another guy who can stretch the floor. Um, and, you know, obviously Brad's not out there, but to see those two in tandem, I think it's going to be uh, very hard to guard. Now, you didn't compare them to these guys in Denver that you know a little bit about. But there could be potential similarities between how Murray and Jokic would get down and the potential of Beal and Porzingis. I think so. I mean, the skill sets are similar. Different players, of course. But, um, you know, that two-man dynamic, I, I think, will work very well for those two. Um, I think spatially he's going to um, spread the floor even more, allow our guards to play in space and get downhill and create other opportunities. Um, at times I think we can play big, you know, two bigs on the floor, and I think we can downsize play him at the five. So I think he's a nightmare for traditional bigs to try to guard, move, the, move their feet, get to him on, on the three-point line and, and, and contest those shots. I think it really is a difficult dynamic uh, to put opposing teams in. I think about Cleveland now, and all of a sudden they've kind of gone against the grain, and now they've got you know, three seven-footers out there with marketing and Mobley you know, and Allen. But you have that potential also. Kyle Kuzma said something interesting to me. He said, listen, they might actually try to put some fours on KP, which mm -hmm. gives him an opportunity to go up against some fives. And he gave this look. He didn't say, <laughs> I could read his face. And he was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, good luck, fives trying to guard 
me. Mm -hmm. Are those those type of matchups that you're, you're trying to exploit? Well, those are going to happen. You know, I think because we, we all look at, you know, opposing teams and defensively we're like, well, how do you manage? How do you match up to minimize that impact? Uh, so a lot of teams are going to cross match. You know, they're going to try and put a more mobile guy on him to try to negate the separation, be able to get to him and, and get him off the three-point line, um, and then try to hide that other big somewhere else. More, more often than not, it's going to be on the four. Uh, for, for us right now, that's Kyle. And he has a similar skill set, ability to stretch the defense, play off the bounce, uh, play pick and roll, do a, do a lot of things, and you know, come off catch and shoots. So it, you, there's no real way to hide you know, or cross match in that regard. And to his point, you know, it's, it's exciting because it gives us another dynamic that you know, other teams are going to have to figure out. From the file of Never Burn a Bridge, you guys are bringing in 73-year-old Ish Smith. <laughs> I kid because I care, uh, Ish. But you've worked with him before. Yeah. So it's just, you never burn a bridge in no, this league, right, no, Wes? You can't. I mean, the, the circle's too small. And, you know, to Ish's credit, he's carved out, he's carved out a niche. Yeah. Uh, not only an A-plus human being, because uh, that's long-lasting. You know, that you, you really remember, okay, he cares. He's about the right thing. He's going to work hard and try to uplift his group. Um, but the fact that he, he knows his skill set and he understands how he can um, facilitate winning. We've seen it here. I had him in, in Golden State briefly, but years in Orlando. Um, and I think his ability to change the pace, okay. you know, change ends, you know, play, play fast but play under control, I think, is, you know, it, it does wonders for that, for, for that group that uh, you can get up the floor a little, little, little sooner and, and find open areas, find open shots. Um, take some pressure off the offense of having to grind, you know, for tough contested shots, possession after possession. What's interesting is he, he gets two toes in the paint yeah. like you want. Yeah. And, you know, I visualize him activating gap on a lot of these yeah. easy, op not easy, but, you know, opportunities where there's no defense in front of you. How does he kind of change kind of like the way you kind of want to see the offense run when you have somebody that puts pace in the game? Well, you know, it's one, one thing we talked about. I think it's, you know, the, the balance between pace and efficiency. I think you can have, you can have both. Okay. Um, it, I don't think you can play the same style for 48 minutes. There's got to be, an, um, you know, a little change. And, and I think with that second unit, he brings that. Mm -hmm. um, both him and Halu are going to pick up. They're going to turn, you know, guys and harass and make life tough. But, uh, you know, he can play downhill, and I think that's great for our offense. Down the road, do you think, um, you know, obviously there's, a, there's a, a need at point guard in the summer. Could Brad be your point guard? Is the actual solution actually in the building? Could be. You know, I, I don't know if that's an, a thing that he wants to do full time. Okay. He's done it, you know, sometimes by accident, sometimes out of need. Um, and he, and he's, he's excelled at it. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a tough balance because he's our best scorer. And, you know, you don't want to have your best score facilitating all the time. Uh, on the flip side, you know, if he doesn't have the ball, a lot of teams are going to try and prevent him from getting it. So the best thing to do is to give him the ball. <laughs> so just kind of that balance of, uh, you know, picking your spots. So teams aren't going to blitz him and trap him all game. And, and on the flip side, they're not going to be able to keep him away from it. Uh, I think it's good for him, you know, and he's shown his, his ability to play make, his willingness to play make. Um, you know, we've seen that this year. Finally, the development of the younger players with the final 29, 28 games left, this is a real opportunity. But I know you're all about winning also. How do you find the balance between trying to get this team qualified for the playoffs and develop the young players? Can you do both at the same time? I think you can. You know, and, and I, there is a balance. Uh, I think the most important thing, those real-time minutes, uh, there's no way to simulate that. 
You know, you can practice all day long. Um, living, the, living through those, those moments uh, in the game um, and logging those minutes in, in you know, meaningful situations, they're going to go so much further. That's going to accelerate the maturation process. Uh, you have to live with some youthful mistakes, um, but those are mistakes at times can, can cost you. Um, but they're going to be better for it. Yeah. So I think it's important to, to, to keep in mind big picture. Um, of course, we're, you know, we're not going to just say it is what it is and it's all about development. We still want to remain competitive. You know, that doesn't detract from that competitive spirit and us wanting to, you know, get out there and win every night. Um, but I think it's, it's also understanding this, these are the guys going to, you know, be with us in the future. And how can we make them better for these situations now so it now helps us later well at least with those youthful mistakes you won't lose any hair over it, right? <laughs> it's already gone <laughs> i appreciate you good to see you